0: Okay, James, thank you very much. That's as, as clear as murder as always.
1: That sounds bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: hello, my name is Kirsty Stiles, and I'm here with James Meadway, who's a senior economist at the New Economics Foundation for the weekly economics podcast, where this week we're going to be talking about the Bank of England's latest forecast on inflation and wages and whether they're right.
1: Inflation is close, but don't worry. That was the message from Bank of England Governor Mark Carney.
0: Inflation is at its lowest level since the introduction of inflation targeting two decades ago.
1: Now, the most recent figures show that wages are already growing. Stuart had a 5% rise last year. He's expecting the same again. Put simply, it is time that Britain had a pay rise.
0: Rising wages and falling energy and food prices will help household finances and boost the growth of real take-home pay this year to its fastest rate in a decade. So, this week, we're looking at the Bank of England's inflation report. Uh, they create a whole report around this every single quarter. So, James, why is inflation so important?
1: Well, inflation matters because uh, we live in an economy where everybody buys things. So, anything to do with prices matters. And inflation's the rate at which prices are increasing. Uh, you measure it on an annual basis. So you say the inflation this month is 5%. It means prices in general have risen by 5% since this time last year. So, that's why it matters. It matters because we care about prices.
0: Okay, and the Bank of England has a target of 2%. Uh, What would 0% look like?
1: Well, they have a target of 2%. I mean, it's completely, really, almost completely arbitrary. There's no real reason to have this target over some other target. They pick one that is not zero rather than saying, let's not have any price increases at all. They pick one that's not zero for two reasons. One of them is simply that it's quite hard to measure inflation. So if you say you've got a zero uh, inflation rate um, target, then you run the risk of actually ending up with accidentally getting negative inflation. So you want one that's a bit above zero just to avoid doing that. The second one is is that you kind of, if you have a positive rate of inflation, right, so 2% or 3% or whatever, it kind of over time makes borrowing cheaper, It reduces the real rate of interest. So what you want is to try and encourage a bit of spending by having this real rate of interest that's a bit higher than it would be if you just had a 0% inflation rate.
0: Okay. So this report has forecast that inflation will be 0.3%, which is the lowest level for decades and prices could actually start to fall um, for the first time in 50 years. Why is this happening?
1: Well, the, the biggest single reason here is, is again, the, the story about oil and what's happened to oil prices since uh, last June, where they've fallen by actually over half. I mean, they're starting to pick up again now. But uh, since June, it's been about uh, half, uh, halving of the price of a barrel of oil over that period of time, largely driven by decisions by OPEC. But also, you've got to factor in things like the uh, shale oil boom in the US, um, the perhaps a fall in demand from places like China for oil. In any case, the price of oil has fallen, and because oil is so central to everything that happens in the economy, you use it for transport, you use it for in manufacturing, uh, you use it potentially for forms of energy, all kinds of stuff, that feeds in pretty directly into prices of every other good out there. So in other words, falling the price of oil turns pretty rapidly into falling prices of at least some goods in general.
0: Okay, and in tandem with this, the Bank of England has actually predicted a rise in real wages of three percent, um, which is actually higher than the boom years of, of two thousands. So, is this really plausible given what we know uh, about the labour market?
1: Well, this is where it's a bit of a it's a bit of an odd prediction for them to be making on the face of it. I mean, what's happened to real wages over the last seven years or so now? It's they've fallen and fallen and fallen. This is really an unprecedented. This just hasn't happened in, in modern British history before to see real wages for most people decline like this. You Year after year after year, particularly actually in the last couple of years where GDP, the economy, has been growing, yet you still see falling wages. Now, what's happened in the last couple of months is because inflation has come down real wages after, uh, you know, money wages, after you allow for prices of goods, money wages uh, are still very, very low, but prices have come down. So real wages have actually started to rise again. What the Bank of England is saying is it will rise very, very sharply over the rest of this year, that we'll see this period of falling prices and that will turn into very, very steep increases in real wages uh, for most people.
0: Okay, well, so prices are going down, wages are going up. Sounds wonderful, James. What's the catch?
1: The catch here is that obviously this is just a prediction. And the prediction in, in the Bank of England's case, I think, is is optimistic. And it's optimistic on the basis of what's happened to the labour market in Britain over probably over the last you know, 20, 15 years, that kind of time period. But what we've seen particularly since the crash and the recession is that rather than creating kind of well-paid, stable jobs, a full-time, permanent employment, all that sort of thing, traditional jobs, you know, the kind of things that people basically aspire to have, instead you get what, for want of a better 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 phrase, are crap jobs. So it's insecure, it's low paid, it's zero hour contracts. It's all of these things that we've seen over the last few years. And that's part of the reason, of course, that real wages have been falling so much, because people are just getting not very good jobs. Now, if you have a labour market that's busily producing these crap jobs rather than good jobs... The Bank of England has to say that really what's going to happen is that those crap jobs are going to die off and they're going to be replaced by loads and loads of good jobs over here. That just doesn't seem very plausible given the weakness of trade unions, given the fact that lots of people are busy looking for work still, unemployment's still quite high in certain areas of the country. All these sort of things factor in and say that you're probably not going to see that kind of shift from crap to good that the Bank of England obviously thinks will happen over this year.
0: Okay, And do you look at this kind of crap jobs market as a permanent
1: change in the economy? Well, it could be. I mean, I think we'll find out at some point, let's say mid-year, when we see what actually is is happening. There has been an increase in full-time employment just in the last few months. There has been a decline in the kind of self-employment we've seen uh, over the last few years. So it's potentially the case that perhaps the bank's optimistic prediction here is going to turn out right. But we'll find out, I would have thought, by about June or July.
0: Okay, so what kind of interest has the Bank of England got in making this kind of um, optimistic forecast?
1: Well, the Bank of England's a hugely, obviously influential body. Um, people really watch to see what it is going to, what's what it's saying, and what it's predicting about the future and what it thinks will happen. It has a great big impact on everything else. The one that they really want to watch out for, the thing they're very keen to avoid, is saying that there will be deflation, falling prices over this year. They really, really don't want that to happen because it, it tends to imply the whole economy is gradually stagnating and everything's just getting horribly trapped into a kind of spiral that you can't escape from, a bit like Japan's been stuck in for the last two decades now. So they really want to avoid that. So if you say that real wage is going to increase, that makes everybody think, well, well, probably inflation is going to go up and everything's going to be fine. And I feel a lot more optimistic and there's no reason to think about deflation or this short period of falling prices they're forecasting turning into a long, depressing period of falling prices. So that's why they have a bit of incentive to talk up how good things will be by the end of the year.
0: Okay, so can we expect a a rise in the minimum wage uh, rise in um, public sector wages or are we looking at spiralling deflation that nobody's really talking about?
1: Well, th- this is a sort of risk here that we could... And I mean, there are ways to avoid this, what I think is a, a larger deflationary risk than the Bank of England is prepared to talk about uh, for this country. You can see it's already happening in Europe. Southern Europe has, has got deflation, very strikingly so in the case of Greece. Uh, France has just posted negative inflation for the first time in many, many years. So you can see already there's this risk inside Europe, and we could end up with that as well. Some of the ways out of it would be, well, you need to drive up uh, money wage you need to get more money into people's uh, hands and say, that OK, we want a big increase in the minimum wage to, say, a living wage level. You want to say that this 1% cap on public sector pay needs to be got rid of. That will have an impact on the private sector as well. If you do all this, you start to actually drive up wages rather than sitting there like the Bank of England thinks will happen and just allowing the market to sort of magically produce these things. Uh,
0: well, James, thank you very much for giving us um, a little bit more of an insight into what the Bank of England might be thinking uh, for the rest of the year. Now on to the jargon of the week. James, can you explain inflation and its evil cousin deflation?
1: Sure, okay. Uh, Inflation is the rate at which prices in general are increasing. So it's not the price of every single good and service out there goes up at the same rate. It's a kind of average um, based on roughly what the average person buys. Uh, It's an average of how much prices are increasing. Now, usually it's positive. Usually prices in general go up. This has been the case for the last 50, 60 years in this country. Deflation is when prices start to fall, which can be good for a short period of time because basically it means your money goes further, but it turns into a bad thing. Um, Once people expect prices to fall, they kind of spend less and businesses invest less because they get less money back from from their goods and services that they sell. And also it can turn into falling money wages when people start saying, well, if prices in general are going down, we can pay you less. And that's when it can start to turn into a real problem.
0: Okay. Uh, Now we have a new awesome feature this time, uh, and it's the listener question of the week. Today, we've got a question from Libby who wants to know what
1: on earth are hedge funds? Okay, hedge funds. Look, the easiest explanation for a hedge fund, it's basically a kind of uh, pot of money that very rich people and institutions use to gamble with. I mean, there's not much more to this. Um, If you want to set one up in the UK, the, the regulations basically say that to invest in a hedge fund, you have to be something like a financially sophisticated investor. You know, you have to sort of know what you're doing. And once you get over that hurdle, a lot of the regulations that normally apply to how people can invest, basically they're waived. So in other words, it can more or less do what they want. If you see an opportunity as a hedge fund to make some money in some bit of financial speculation, some bit of financial engineering, you can run off and do that. So they're incredibly speculative, incredibly aggressive. They aim to produce the highest returns possible in the shortest space of time as possible. So that's what hedge fund is. It's it's a way to gamble.
0: As a non-sophisticated investor, um, it doesn't sound like hedge funds are going to be my thing. Thank you so much, James, for um, taking time out to chat with us today. Thank you. Music for the weekly economics podcast is provided by Poddington Bear. If you have any questions about economics for James, then please get in touch with me at KirstyStyles1 on Twitter. We'll be back at the same time next week.